the Baseball 365 Podcast, and here are your hosts, Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Welcome to episode 135 of the Baseball 365 Podcast. My name is Justin Hughes, and thank you for taking some time out of your week or weekend to spend with us today. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Baseball365Pod. I'm on Twitter at, ba- at Justin Hughes 365 and Andrew is on there at AMCQ82. We also have a Facebook group, Baseball365. Over there, we have close to 3,000 members talking about baseball every day of the week, even as we're getting into the off, as we're in the off season, you know, it's not quite as busy as it is as we get into January, February, or even during the season, but there's still conversations going on there right now. And if you are passionate about baseball and you're not in the group yet, you should hop over there and go check it out. And the best way you could support the show is to go to iTunes just by taking a few moments to leave us a five-star rating and writing a review for us, a good review, is a good way to help us get our names out there. And as always, all of these plugs can be found in the show notes. It is time for our annual podcast that we've done just before Christmas each year. This is our third, um, because we've been doing podcasts. This is our third Christmas. Um, Chris Winder sets up our Rotomasters Draft and Hold League. That begins the Monday after Thanksgiving every year. And once again, I participated. And Andrew is going to be interviewing Chris and myself on our teams we drafted and the experience during the draft. But one thing that was different is Andrew actually joined us, and he drafted this one too for the first time. So we'll be able to all, all we'll talk a little bit about his team too. It'll be focused more on Chris and myself, though, just because Andrew just did a draft and old. He's still going to be doing the interview and the questions, but I'm sure we'll bring up some picks he made too. So we got Chris with us here right now also on, and Andrew, I'm going to bring both of them on, and I've got an opening question for both of you guys. As kids growing up watching baseball, who was your favorite baseball player as a kid? Thinking about, you know, your very first one or maybe your, the one you're the biggest fan of. You can name a few if you want. Chris, you're from out there out west in California, and you're a Giants fan, so I'm I have a pretty good guess on who one of them could be, but why don't you get, why don't you answer that question? Yeah, thanks again, gentlemen, for having me on. I always like coming on this podcast and talk about the draft. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, as a kid growing up, I think every kid growing up, you know, in the late '80s, early '90s, had one, you know, one special player that we all kind of rooted for. But I'll pass on that one for now and let Andrew take care of that one. But my favorite player growing up was Will Will the Thrill Clark. Yeah, um, you know. Yeah, just always, I always had that memory of him, his first at-bat. I was a little young when his first at-bat, but he had a home run. His first at-bat off of Nolan Ryan. And that just, like, that guy did not give anything, and he did not care about who was on the mound. He was just a very gritty um, ball player. And, I, you know, I was a left-handed first baseman, so I kind of just fell in love with Will Clark. That's a good one. Um, yeah. Right at the end of his career, he was traded to the Cardinals, too. So he actually finished oh, his career yeah. with the Cardinals in 2000. I've I didn't remember what year it was till I'm just pulling it up right now, but I remember him being traded at the end of his career, but yeah, I really enjoyed watching him play. I'm I think I'm How old are you, Chris? I'm 38. Okay. So yeah, I'm I'm 40 yeah. and I thought we were and yeah, when I just started watching, yeah. I remember him being up and yeah, he I I enjoyed him on the Giants. 
All right, Andrew, what about you? So wait, was I, do you know who I'm going to say, Chris? Is that what you meant? Oh, oh yeah. The sweetest spring in baseball. Go ahead. Fire okay. away. Yeah. Um, all, I, I've, I've got two, I would say uh, Ken Griffey Jr., which is like the obvious one that Chris is talking about. And Ryan Sandberg being a Cubs fan. Those are my two. Yeah, Ryan Sandberg was Mr. Cub at that time. So not surprised yeah. with that one. And Griffey, yeah, just about everybody. I actually, I, I was confused there because I was wondering if he was expecting you to say Barry Bonds because, Chris, Barry Bonds, <laughs> Giants, how did you not even bring him up? No, it was just when, you know, as a kid, you know, when you're like seven, eight, nine, Bonds came to the Giants in 94. I was like 11. Okay. Um, yeah. I was so really just Griffey. Yeah. So I remember Lothar, just the first baseman. Yeah. I remember yeah, we used to always of... uh, with Griffey. It was always like a, I'd trade baseball cards with my friends and those were the ones we just never traded. Like no, oh, nobody's getting, you don't move nobody's get, nobody's getting the Griffey card. You, pack, got you it. Did you guys one. have the, did you have the 89 upper deck Griffey? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. I think one. everyone yeah. has that. Yeah. 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 That's why it's not worth the damn, not worth as much as these cards are today because everyone yeah. has one. Yeah. Are, today are they worth more because there's fewer of them? Is that what it is? I think today I'm not really. I'm, I do it. I dabble a little bit here and there, but they have a lot of like numbered cards, so it's almost like a lottery. So like this will be like one out of like two hundred, one out of ninety nine. It's like and you're after these autograph cards and they have patches on them. It's it's a lot going on. So. So there may yeah. be a lot of cards, but they definitely don't put too many of the special ones. I see. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is our draft and hold. And as we do every year, Andrew is the one that has the reins and asks the questions. So from here, I'm going to hand it to you, Andrew, and you guys can get, you can get started on how, on this, however you wish. Yeah. So uh, thanks again for coming on, Chris. Um, thanks for setting up the league every year and, this year, I decided to join. I hadn't um, hadn't done it yet, and I remember when we did the podcast last year. I was like, I think I'm going to do it next year. So, what's one more league, right? Well, um, yeah. So I'll just have you start off, uh, just explaining kind of the league, the idea behind it, uh, format, you know, all of that stuff. Yeah. So it's a 15 man. It's a 15 man or 15 person draft. Uh, drafts and holds, you draft 50 rounds, no waiver pickups. Um, so those are your lineup from there. And um, the, it's it's a five-by-five five standard league, meaning that's just bat- it's batting average and just straight saves. We mim- mimic the NFBC format right now. Um, they're having their draft and holds out there right now. So we're mim- mimicking that. And I really just wanted to start it just to pass time and try to get an understanding of the player pool, something to do in kind of the offseason with our dynasty group. So we have a pretty good um, group of people in RM2, Rotomasters 2. So I was like, hey, let's all participate in the draft and hold. And we had about 11 of the 15 members join for Rotomasters 2. And then we added a couple people from the Baseball 365 page. And just a way to get to know the player pool. And, you know, not having – it kind of pushes me out to start trading until after the new year. That's kind of why <laughs> I have mentality behind it. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's a really good point. Um, so, yeah, well – we started, um, Justin picked six, uh, Chris picked nine and I picked 15 and kind of like Justin mentioned, I'm, I'm going to be talking to them more about their picks, but I'll, I'll chime in from time to time on stuff that I did. Um, 
we did the KDS to kind of set up the picks. Um, did you guys pick high in that? I, I wasn't sure on the order. Were you like early? I think I was sixth and took, no, I was the fifth one up. And I think the, it, like the four or six slot was there. I can't remember okay. for sure. And I chose the sixth slot. So gotcha. pretty early. Yeah. It usually goes in order of the KDS. I think I, I know you said 15 just because you just drafted at one. So usually yeah. people go in order. I had, I had nine or 10. I just won an earlier pick. Yeah. I think you told me, I think you told me like 10 to 15 and I was just like, I'm going to just do 15. Cause I had just done a draft at, at one. Yeah. So, um, so I guess we'll just start off, uh, any, any plan that you had going in, like before the draft started, any players that you really had to have, or even more so than that, maybe like positions you wanted to prioritize any specific strategy. Um, we'll start with Justin. Yes, I definitely had a plan. And I think as we get to my picks, I'll explain a little bit at that point, but I, or a little more in detail, but the, I think I mentioned this at the end of the year last, at, right at the end of the season, that I, I fared well in a lot of my drafts and holds this last year. But I think, but in my opinion, the thing that kept me from winning many of them, I finished second and third in a bunch. But speed and saves, I was down, I, did, I was not as strong at. So I, with this first one, I definitely attacked that earlier. That I, I especially the speed. I wanted to go heavier, harder at the speed in the early part of a draft. How about you, Chris? Yeah, I finished third last year. Um, and there's one category I'd, I had 1.5 points. So I think if I did a little bit better, I could have won the league. Um, and it was saves. I had 12 total saves last year. Um, I think my Kendall Graveman was my top save getter with like 10, and then no one else. Um, and what I, I I don't know. It just I just picked bullpens of a couple of relievers in the same pen, and I just they didn't get the saves. And then I was picking up the wheel uh, last year at one, and I just kept missing, and I just kept missing, and I was like, well, we'll see what happens. And I really just last year hammered hitting. So this year I was going to focus on saves. Um, didn't happen, but I was try- I was thinking about saves, <laughs> and, and then um, and then outfield. Outfield is just the position I find. Um, there's a lot of platoons in the outfield, I think, and, um, you have to start five of them. So outfield was a position I wanted to focus on, but uh, as you guys are going to see a little bit later, um, none of those things came true. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I definitely, I definitely am with you on outfield. One thing I've always kind of said with saves too, in a draft and hold is I don't, I don't feel like you need as many of them because so many of them come in, like there'll be guys getting saves during the year that weren't even drafted. I mean, it's just going to happen, you know, so uh, I feel like the top teams save totals in a draft and hold are lower than in like a typical 15 team league where you can pick guys up because a lot of saves come off of waivers. Let's let's be honest. Yep. So um, and yeah. guys that we can't ever see coming, you know, I mean, there's uh, there's definitely been examples of that in the past. So. All right. So these these first couple rounds or maybe the first few, I'm going to just kind of read them off and we'll kind of go through the thought process with the picks and discuss some of them. So round one in order, starting with pick one, we had Fernando Tatis Jr., Trey Turner, Jose Ramirez, Juan Soto, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., uh, Justin took Bo Bichette at six, and then we had Otani at seven, Corbin Burns at eight, Chris took Garrett Cole at nine. And then we have Mike Trout at 10, 
Bryce Harper at 11, Walker Bueller at 12, and then Acuna, Kyle Tucker, and Mookie Betts at 15, who I took. Uh, we'll start with Justin because he picked earliest of the three of us. Um, easy decision with uh, with Bichette at six, or were you kind of on the fence? What were you thinking? Mm-hmm. Given what was there, it was I, there wasn't much hesitation. My hope going in was Jose Ramirez was going to be there for me at six, and it, that didn't work out. But um, the only other guy I probably would have considered is Otani. Power, uh, again, I wanted to get a power speed guy early. Um, and Bo doesn't walk much, and that is a little bit of a concern long-term, but I don't think I'm going to be letting that bother me for the next year or two unless I see something that gives me a reason to react. So, no, it was I, it was pretty quick a pretty quick decision whenever I saw what was there. Uh, question for you, Chris. Would you have taken Bo at six where Justin was? Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, just the power speed, the power speed. Um, I think it's a great pick at six. The, and it goes back to, you know, yeah, I would take Bo at six. I think he's the sixth player off the board. Probably, I'd probably have him at fifth. Um, I probably would take Bo over Vlad, to be honest with you guys. Same. Um, just because just because of the speed. Um, but it's Cam. Cam's going to take his Vlad. He, you know, that's that's what Cam does, which I can't blame him. Yeah, no, there's no shame in anybody. To, like, I th- it's a big old jumbled mess there in terms of, I think, Tatis and Trey are the one-two. And I think you can kind of mix it up for the next four, five, six picks and go a lot of different routes. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of personal preference, I think. Uh, so, Chris, you took Cole here at nine. Uh, was that was it the plan to take a pitcher there or just kind of how it fell? You know, what was kind of your thoughts? God, there? Was no. there, who were you between? You know, stuff like that. Yeah, I was not thinking pitcher. I didn't want a pitcher in the first round. Um, my plan going into it was kind of waiting on pitching and just hammer bats, bats that can get power speed, bats that are going to play every day and go from there. Um, it was, I wanted Otani. Otani went right before me. So it was between Cole and Acuna. I took a little time. Um, Acuna's quote during the World Series talking to Bregman, thinking that he was going to come back. Acuna said, I'm going to come back in May. May was his target date. Um, and then, of course, as I'm drafting that video, the day of the draft, that video comes up with him in the batting cages, just ripping the ball. I'm like, it was hard to pass up on Acuna. Um, but I think Cole, just the volume of innings, you know, it might not, you know, it's it's great. He went, you know, in the top three or four last year. So I think it's just good value where I got him. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I took bets and Albies on the wheel. The one thing I'll say, I was happy with it. I, I wanted um I wanted to start with like power speed combo type guys. If I did it again, I'd probably take Woodruff. Woodruff was the one that I was kind of like debating. I'd probably take him with with one of the uh, one of those two. So just uh, just kind of my thoughts there at the at the turn. So just kind of a quick discussion here. Any picks stand out for you guys in this round? Like anybody that you would have um, that you felt slipped or went too high or, you know, whatever that may be. Either one of you? Yeah, I had a couple thoughts. Yeah, obviously, I mean, obviously it's the first round, so any nothing's too outlandish, but, you know, just even if it's a few yeah. spots. Justin mentioned, like, Jose Ramirez, that um, he was hoping to get him at six. I don't think he's going to make it past, like, four, to be honest with you. Third base is pretty thin. That guy just does what he does, five categories. I know the offense, the Guardians aren't, you know, anything to write home about, but still middle of the older bat. 
still goes, you know, 30, you know, 30, 20. I just a really good bat where he goes, especially at the position. And then the thing for you guys, I just, I have a trouble with the back half of the draft. I can't figure out where to take these guys, like who to take. Um, it's just something I'm going to have to figure out in the off season. When you go Trout, Harper, Bueller, Acuna, Tucker, Betts, it's just, I got to figure out who I like. And it's just something that I have to, you know, narrow down. I know who I like. I would take I would take Harper at six or seven, personally. Okay. Um, I just think he's the safe. I, I think he's super safe, and I think he has a super high ceiling, as we saw this year. I don't necessarily think he's going to win the MVP again, but I just don't. I just don't think there's risk like at all. He's awesome every single season. So. Um, yeah. Yeah, he would be. He'd be in the mix with me there. Yeah. I guess since it is a batting average league is the one thing, but who you know what? It's still he's still dominant and everything else, and he's still he can bat two seventy, and that's not out of the realm of the possibilities. For Didn't him. he hit like three hundred this year? Yeah, <laughs> of course he probably did. Yeah, he yeah, did. he yeah. did. Uh, that's the thing. I, I what I've been impressed with Harper the last two years. I kept saying I was very concerned about his rising strikeout rate year after year. It kept going up, and then it dropped. In 2020, it went from 26% to 17%, and it was back up to 22% this year. But if he if he's keeping it in the low 20s, I'm not too concerned. I mean, he, he does have these bad years of batting average even whenever it's been there, but I think that's been more bad luck than anything. So, yeah, 309 this last year. Yeah, I, I mostly bet I would start considering him in that spot, like 6-7. I'd probably take him 8-9, but, yeah, I just think he's my guy out of – out of all of those, he and Acuna are mine. I I would I would invest in Acuna even with the knee, just because. Yeah, I don't expect him to go out and steal forty bags, but I'm skeptical of. I, I don't know when he'll be ready. He could be ready at the beginning of the year, but I also think the year's going to start. Season's going to start late, and if that happens, that's just giving him more time to get right. So yeah, I would I would still go Acuna, and even if the speed's there, you're getting a ton of four category production out of him. Yeah, and yeah, definitely. The only other thought I had looking at this was I liked seeing Paul Tam take Corbin Burns as the first pitcher off the board because we talked about this a few months ago. He was my number one pitcher to go, and I like seeing him go number one here for that reason. Oh yeah, I think he's been going. I think he's been going as the top one in most of them, at least the ones I've seen. Jose Ramirez in my first draft went ninth. Over oh wow! Pretty uh, pretty uh. Awesome to get him there, wouldn't it be? I mean, gosh. All right, so we'll go into round two here, and I'll kind of go through them. So I took, I guess, like I mentioned, took Albies at the wheel. Um, then we've got Luis Robert, Brandon Woodruff, Max Scherzer, Freddie Freeman, Starling Marte. Chris took Jacob deGrom. And then we had Rafael Devers, Shane Bieber. Justin took Cedric Mullins. And then we had Julio Urias, Lucas Giolito, Jordan Alvarez, Aaron Judge, and Zach Wheeler. Um, start with Chris because he was kind of the, or he was the first of the two of them to go in this direction. Pocket aces. Do you think you'll be doing that consistently, or I know you'd mentioned kind of you weren't really thinking pitcher in the first round, so you doubled down, huh? Yeah, I doubled down just because it was Cole DeGrom. Um, you know, I was like, if I'm going to get an, an ace like Cole, I might as well get DeGrom. And if he's healthy, 
I dominate pitching categories. Um, so it was, I think I only took DeGrom because I had Cole. And both those guys, you know, were going in the top five last year. So I'm like, let me just bet on that. And if it flames out, it flames out. It's a pitching dart. Um, so after that, I was really going to focus on hitting. And you guys will see that in a little bit. But um, that wasn't the plan going in. I probably won't do it again. My goal is to take hitting. Um, you bring up good points about Harper, so I probably would have went Harper Devers probably if I looking back on this draft. Um, but I'm not, you know, cold to Grom. It can give me a lot of points in pitching. That's fascinating. I want to I want to jump in here. Yeah. So if you had taken Harper or Acuna with that pick, you would have taken Devers instead of Degrom. Oh yeah, for sure. I wouldn't have taken Degrom. Yeah, um, I think it's just I, the by the way, I the I agree with that. By the way, but go ahead. Yeah, I think just getting the all the upside of the pitching, I would not. I really don't want to. If I'm going to get a pitcher, I'm going to you know I'm going to double down on that pitcher. I'm not going to just take one. I'm going to double it. I would if I were taking Harper or Cunha, I would have went back and I would have. My strategy going in was kind of like you two. I really just want to take a closer um, in the mid rounds, maybe one starter. I think through five rounds, you guys are just going to see. One starting pitcher, one closer, and three bats through the first five. And I think that's kind of where I want to be at. Um, in this draft, it just kind of where people fell. And I really just, if Cole was there and I was like debating DeGrom or Devers, I'm like, well, how many chances can you really have Cole and DeGrom in a lineup? So yeah. that's where I went. It's funny yeah, I, hear, I like, go ahead, Justin. It's funny to hear you say this because I remember last year you were in that position where it seemed like nothing fell to you in the right spot. Now I'm hearing you in the first two rounds and you're saying that again, not in a, not at all a negative it's, or it's just funny. Cause I'm like, wait, I remember hearing this last year. Yeah. I, uh, I, I like specifically with DeGrom because there's some risk there. I like him paired with another pitcher and it's like, you're adding strength to strength. If DeGrom pans out, and it's fine, you know, like if he's just, I mean, not pans out, it's just if he's healthy, you know, I mean, so I like that, um, that combo. And I, I also like, if you take a hitter in round one, taking enough, like not doing it with DeGrom. So yeah, I mm. kind of see, uh, see both sides of that real quick. Would you have done it with, would you have taken Scherzer or Woodruff there if they were there? Um, probably not to be honest. I don't know. Um, I don't know. That's an interesting thing. I think I was just leaning Devers. Or Beaver. Just third base. I mean, yeah, Beaver I, no, was not, there. But no. Not Beaver. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, it, was De- it was Devers for me, just the third base position. But the problem with Devers, he doesn't run. So I really wanted some speed. Um, so I just kind of was like, so DeGrom was kind of the pick. It was DeGrom or Devers yeah. for me. No, I totally get it. Yeah. Um, go over to Justin here. Your boy, Cedric Mullins. I stand. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Put your where- money where your mouth is. Uh, who is who else were you considering, like Mullins or nobody? Really, <laughs> this was a very automatic pick for me. Um, again, going with the I want power speed guys, and if you look behind him and all the guys, I mean, where do you see the next power speed guy who goes? It's it's a while. Um, I was hoping either Marte or Mullins would make it back to me. And if they were both gone, I probably would have taken who I took in the third round, who we'll get to whenever we get to that pick. So, you know, who I also think was the next power sp- or ne- the next. Well, I guess there was another guy or two that was all right on speed. Anyways, I wasn't inter- uh, too interested in the pitchers who went right after. I really don't like the second round pitchers for the most part. I mean, I like I like Scherzer if he's there. 
DeGrom, I, I don't hate that at all just because the upside's there. But, like, every other one of these pitchers that surrounds where I'm at, I don't want them. So, yeah, Cedric Mullins was a very easy pick for me here. Yeah, I'm um, – it's funny because I had a lot of him last year, but I'm pretty anti-Shane Bieber this year. I just don't want – I just don't want any part of him. Why is that? I, I'm just – I'm just skeptical enough with what he's been through. I want to say it was what did I? I just looked it up the other day. In the last two calendar years, I want to say it's like 160 innings or 170 innings pitched total. And just with the shoulder thing that he dealt with last year, I just don't see. Uh, yeah, 174 innings in the last two calendar years. Now, granted 2020 is not his fault. It was a shortened season, but uh, you know, 77 innings, 96 innings. What's he going to jump to? I mean, maybe he jumps to a complete full workload, but with the shoulder injury that he had, and it's like, I just don't, I don't feel like you're getting the discount that you should. I don't know. I feel differently with DeGrom because with DeGrom, it's like that guy's the best pitcher in baseball. If he's healthy, I still believe that. So I think that's a little bit different, but um, yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm not going to draft Shane Bieber in the second round this year. It just it just won't be me. I agree with all that, and I'll also add that his knuckle curve lost a lot of RPMs after they made the rule changes with the where they start said they were going to start getting like stri- getting more strict with this whole um, stuff that the pitchers were using. It, it definitely if his number his RPMs changed pretty significantly. And then the injury happened to where I just don't know what Shane Bieber is right now. Yeah, I just know that there's other guys I can find. I mean, obviously, I expect him to go there, you know, right around where he went here. So for sure. Um, any other thoughts on this round or picks you like, didn't like anything that kind of stood out? I like Ricky Yee getting uh, Max Scherzer where he did. I like that Bueller Scherzer combo too. I like Colin DeGrom, obviously, also. I say I've got Burns as my first pitcher, but Cole's right behind him. I think they're still pretty close. So I, um, but I like Bueller and Max too. I just so I if the pocket ace teams that went pocket aces, I do like the two pitchers that they have. Yeah, definitely. Any other uh, any thoughts, Chris? Here? No, it's the same thing you guys mentioned too. Just the pitching in round two, even in early round three. I think I'm out on. I can't do it. Um, you know, maybe Wheeler in the early third, um, but it's it's. I'm out on these pitchers. I think the. I can see myself like grabbing bats and then starting with like a closer and Chris Sale. To be honest with you guys, I think those prices those that price is really good. Every year, I see these late second round pitchers that are pop up guys that had breakout years the year before, and I just don't see many of them stick. I've I've noticed this pattern the last couple of years, and I'm just I don't want the pop up pitchers. I just don't. Yeah, you're seeing warts already. You know, like Bieber, we talked about the injury concern. Julio Urias pitched really well, but like his innings limits. Giolito has his issues. Like Wheeler pitched really really well. He should be in the Cy Young in my book. Um, but Nola, you know, Nola's fine. Peralta, I, I'm out. All Contera, I'm out on that price. Robbie Ray, I'm out of that price. I just can't do it. I'm with you. Yeah. Gosman? No way I'm taking yeah. Kevin Gosman in the third. Logan Not in Rapp, Toronto. Logan Webb in the fourth? I can't do that. Yeah. I can't. 
Yeah, yeah, it's tough. These these top guys, it's I feel like once you get past about the first six or seven, I guess, if you count Otani, it's just a kind of a big tier and I think I prefer waiting, but um the draft I'm in now, I got Bueller in the second, so I went with that. I mean, I definitely think he's in that top tier, but yes. if it wasn't if it wasn't him, I probably would have just waited. So, what do you guys? Oh, real quick, I meant to ask, what do you think of Luis Robert at like around the wheel? You guys in on that or no? No, I don't. I'm no. not going to sit here and bag on it because he is a very big power speed guy, but. That batting average could be pretty brutal, and yeah, it's not for me. It's interesting to see him packaged with Kyle Tucker, another power speed bat. So, I, but yeah, it's personally not for me. Yeah, he went in the draft I'm in now. He went fifteenth, the first, the last pick of the first round, seventeenth here. What do you think, Chris Robert? Yeah, I like. I guess I'm actually fine with it to be honest with you, because you look at the power speed options afterwards. Starling Marte, Cedric Mullins, like uh, that's it. And then you get the yeah. Third I kind of lump those. Like, I kind of lump those three together yeah. a little bit. I yeah. think you can. I, I think it's fine to have them in whichever order you want. Um, yeah, I'm taking Robert yeah. in the first one though. I like the offense. I like you know his defense is good. I just I think I like him the best, and he has that young upside. Marte yeah. has missed time, and he's on a new team and a new contract, and. Cedric Mullins, like no offense, Justin was going in the thirty fifth, fortieth round last year. You know, there's, it's, it's tough. that is it's true. Tough. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. No, I get it. Yeah. All right, we'll uh, we'll move on here to round three. I think I'll read one more round off, and then we'll kind of go through. But round three, in order from the one slot, we had Aaron Nola, Freddie Peralta, Manny Machado, Wander Franco, Sandy Alcantara, Justin took Whit Merrifield. Then we had Marcus Simeon, Xander Bogarts, Chris took Tim Anderson, and then we had Robbie Ray, Sal Perez, Trevor Story, Kevin Gosman, Liam Hendricks, and I took Josh Hader. Um, any thoughts? I'll kind of clump three through like rounds three through five. I mean, Justin took Witt and then Springer and Aroldis. Um, kind of your thoughts on your team through these uh, first five rounds. Did you miss somebody you really wanted? Kind of what you were thinking for these few rounds here. And we're going to play a game of chicken to see who goes first. Chris, you go first. All right. Yeah, I needed to catch up in offense. So I was focusing on power speed. Um, I think Tim Anderson's one of those last guys in the power speed. And, you know, five categories, pretty high batting average. Um, I like the offense, like I mentioned earlier, with the White Sox. And he's, you know, power speed option there. Um, and then I think a position you can catch up, like catcher. I think you can catch up some of those stats, you know, by catcher. Even though, even though like, Rio Muto might only get eight stolen bases, that eight can go far, you know. Oh, yeah, it's huge. Positions. It's huge, it's big. yeah. So even though it's not, it's not a big number, I'm making up ground – at a position that no one else is going to get stolen bases from. And that's kind of what I was thinking with real Muto. The other guys after him just didn't have a lot of speed options and they just had little, little risk there. Um, and then round five, um, it's funny because one guy said, I'm not going to have any shares of was Tyler O'Neill. Um, just that K rate scared the bejesus, bejesus out of me. And he was, but how unfortunately he was going earlier when I started doing some prep. 
But uh, more I dug into him. He plays great defense, and he's on the field a lot, and that power speed is kind of hard to find. I don't expect him to bat, you know, 280, but if, even if he bats 240, that's okay with me. I don't really care. I just want at bats. I really don't care about batting average. I think that kind of falls into place. I just really am concerned with that bats. And all three of those guys, you know, will play pretty much every day. And that's what I was kind of focusing on with that bats there and the power speed. If it makes you feel any better with O'Neal, the latest he's gone in 29 NFBC draft and holds is 71 overall, and you got him at 69. So, yeah. I don't um, – I mean, he's typically, Just threw up in he's my mouth. typically typically going in the fourth round more so. You got him in the fifth. So, Yeah, that's kind of what my feeling was. I just didn't see a guy I wanted afterwards. Um, there was a cut, like I mentioned, I was looking at closers, um, but there were the ones I – we're looking at they were kind of gone so i was just kind of like gonna wait on them um so i was definitely i was definitely thinking about real muto at, at three four i was close yeah. i took a hater and a rosarena but i was definitely thinking about real muto there uh thoughts on your picks here justin i guess it was wit springer and aroldis chapman yes um as i said about wit i i possibly would have i think i would have taken him in the second round had cedric mullins also been gone just i didn't want any of the other pitchers afterwards. So I was ecstatic when he got to me and I was able to have three guys that I felt like will give me a combo of power and speed. Now, Witt's not a huge high home run guy, but I mean, I, you know, I think I could get 40, 45 home runs plus steals out of the guy. So anyways, um, after that, uh, closers, that was the other thing I mentioned before we got started. And when it was my turn in the fifth round, the pitchers that went after Chapman and before my next pick in the sixth round were Alec Manoa, Hugh Darvish, Pablo Lopez, and Shane McClanahan. Now, I think all those guys are fine, but in, when I was looking at them, none of them felt like a lock for innings and, and production. I could poke holes into any of those pitchers. And yeah, Aroldis definitely had his struggles last year also. But I think Aroldis has the bigger, like, he could be a bigger difference maker and the rarer commodity, especially at this point of the offseason. So I didn't hesitate when it was my turn to take Chapman there. And I don't have much to say about Springer. I mean, he's production as long as he's hopefully has a healthier year than he did last year. Yeah, definitely. I thought thought those were all good picks. Um, The closers... I wanted to get one too. I mean, obviously I took Hater, but I think that like they just this time of year, they the top ones have to be pushed up uh, because there's just so many uncertainties, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I almost, I know I mentioned this in the chat when, uh, when we were talking, but I think if Liam Hendricks does not go right in front at 44, I think I take him and Hater at that turn. At three four, hmm. I would something I've never done before, but I think I think I would have done it. I not positive, but I was looking at it thinking, oh man, am I going to do this? Like take the top two relievers? I just I knew I was probably going to wait on a wait on a starter, and um, felt like that's a pretty good way to start my pitching staff. So instead, you took a Rosarena. You didn't take him in one draft last year, did you? No. Yeah, I, I was thinking you didn't have a share. No, I was I was focusing on power speed guys early in this draft, and yeah, uh, I felt like I 
I got that for the most part with the first, you know, few hitters that I took. So, uh, any picks from rounds three to five? Um, thoughts on like Wander Franco at thirty four and Mondesi? What do you guys think? I mean, I tell you, I'm not a Mondesi guy. Like we talked about him a lot, but in round five. Give me him. Like I'll t- I thought that was a great spot to take him here. So I don't know what you guys think, but just give me your thoughts on some of these picks. Start with Chris. Yeah, Mondesi was a guy I was taking. Uh, if he fell to me, he went two picks in front of me um, to Bob. I just was that. Um, going back to you guys' session about closers, though, you mentioned earlier, Andrew, that you're you don't need a lot of saves to compete. So I just I wonder about taking two. If it's kind of overkill when you need at bats, uh, just something I've been thinking about a little bit with that. Yeah, um, totally fair. Yeah, and then um, in regards to picks, I really liked. Um, oh, you asked about Wander. Um, it's a little too high for me. I think you guys did a great job discussing discussing him, um, and you know the upside. What what really is it? I just you know what is he really going to do? Um, I don't know. It's. Yeah, I don't know how many home runs plus stolen bases he will have. If he's 15-15, is that it? You know, that's I think that's realistic. And what what is that in the third? I really can't do that. Yeah, I would um, I would put him at like 20, 25 total. It would probably be about my projection if I was. Yeah, I don't know what the number is, yeah. but twenty five. Wait, would probably wait, twenty twenty five home runs plus steals. That's what you would project him for. Yeah, I would definitely. I'd take the over on that all day. Well, I said 30. Yeah. And I'd be under 30. Like, I wouldn't shock him if he's 27, 28, but I definitely would under 30. But, I, like, in my head, if I'm, where am I guessing he ends up? I would guess around 25. Yeah. I would yeah. Say. Steamer I, like, I like him more than you guess. I, I mean, it's definitely pushing the limits of what you can be comfortable with in that spot of the draft, but I think I like him more than He's you a guess. great hitter. So I say all that. He's a great hitter, and he's probably going to be – a, a, I mean, he's going to put up the counting stats. I just don't know about the home runs plus steals. Yeah, and his batting average will be really high. And, yes. Yeah, it's. I think, I think it could pay off, but it's definitely a high pick. Um, somebody else. Any other thoughts on these? I thought there was there was one other one I was going to bring up, but yeah, my favorite picks in this round were. I think I love I love Francisco Lindor at seventy five. I think that's I a could, great I, value. I just could not believe that he comes all the way back yeah. to me. I think in the draft I'm in now, he went like 40 or something like that. I mean, it's just, yeah. I couldn't believe yeah. that. Yeah. And I, yeah, I just, I had, I had Tim Anderson um, and it's something, a position like shortstop. I'm looking to look at my middle infield later and shortstop isn't, <laughs> they're really good shortstops and you, I don't mind getting two of them early. So looking back, it's something I'm going to think about doing because a lot of power speed comes from that position. And if I can feel my MI, I, I don't mind doing that um, just because a lot of that stuff, a lot of those power speed guys come from them. I loved, I love the Lindor pick at 75. Eloy at 54, that's great value. And like I mentioned earlier, Chris Sale at 50. I, like, I'm taking him in front of Webb, Gosman, Ray. Maybe not Ray, but it's close. I don't know. Yeah, yeah Go- Gosman's another one I'm completely out on. I there There's no – like Bieber and Gosman are going to be my two this year that – I'm just not touching them here. I mean, they may pay off. It might be fine, but like risk. 
I don't know. It's like Kevin Gosman going back to the AL East after being in San Francisco where he thrived clearly. I mean, he was great, but um, I just think it's, it's just a different world. And I just don't see like in a best case scenario. I mean, maybe he's worth that pick, but I don't think you're profiting on it for sure. I mean, he, at that point you're talking Cy Young contender and yeah, I just, I think there's a lot of downside there. So I just, I'm definitely going to be out on those two Bieber and Gosman for me in like the top three rounds. Circling back on Chris, I really did. I like Tim Anderson in that spot too. Last year I took pocket aces in a lot of drafts and in the third round where it was getting to me and around that slot, Tim Anderson was a guy I ended up with a lot. He's a target for me right there. Yeah, I like that pick. A um, couple others I liked. Paul Tam getting Lance Lynn in the fourth, two picks before me. I was taking Lynn there had he made it. And I liked Lucas's pick of Chris Sale in the fourth also. I like those arms as high-end SP2s. If you already took an ace or a low-end one if you waited. I, I, I like the idea of taking him. I mean, he's got a pretty good track record, and now he's fully recovered from Tommy John. Hopefully he can pitch like an ace for him. Yeah, I don't know what it is with Sale, but I've always loved him and felt like he's one of those guys. He's just always been an ace, and I don't know. There's something about it that just makes me nervous here, but it could be fine. He was on he's, the mound. He's, he pitched last year. He was on the mound. It's not like he wouldn't pitch. Um, no, yeah, I know, but he wasn't. Yeah. He wasn't like all the way back, Chris Sale, though. Yeah, like yeah. there was some yeah. rocky spots and. Yeah, I, but, I just wondered a little bit, you know, it's like, this is not a cheap price. I mean, he's got to pretty much be that. And I'm not saying he can't. I mean, he, he definitely can, but. He'll be um, two full years recovered, removed from Tommy John when he's, by the time baseball's back. So yeah, that's kind of yeah. my logic is, you know, sometimes when guys just get on the mound, they don't look, they I very rarely have pitchers come back on the mound and look like themselves day one, whenever they come back from Tommy John and then give them a little time and all of a sudden. Usually they're they're pretty good, so that, I'm just I'm just banking yeah. on that and hoping yeah. that because he really did struggle that last year before Tommy John, and hopefully it's if, we, if you get that again, then that's a that's going to blow up in his face just like Sale did for me that season. All right, Justin, I'm trying to get the five bucks you took from Greg Lampert with Gary Sanchez. <laughs> I don't think Tyler we've ever Reveal. mentioned that on the podcast. That's <laughs> uh, all right. Well, it's all yeah. right. Yeah. The the wager was Gary Sanchez, what, top 10 catcher? Top five what catcher, top, yes. I said – Yeah, he, that was yeah. – Greg, yeah. somebody in baseball 365, to fill everybody in, said that Greg Lambert yeah. was going to be the number – or I'm not uh, – said that Gary, Gary Sanchez yeah. was going to be the number one overall catcher. And um, most of the group disagreed with him, and I was like, I'll, he won't be top five. And we ended up – he wanted me to bet him – I don't do big wagers. I like doing little friendly five dollar wagers, and I and and I we we made a wager. He he, I won, even though it was a lot closer than I expected. And <laughs> um, at one point, he was in the top five in the middle of the season. So but, what's the so what's the wager here? What yeah, do what do you got, Chris? Yeah, uh, Justin's not a big fan of his home ground, his hometown boy, Tyler O'Neill. So Justin, um, you could pick a number. Like I have a number in mind of home runs plus stolen bases. Or what I really was thinking, I bet he finishes with more home runs and stolen bases than Mookie Betts. Yeah, you're not going to get a bet on me on that probably because I think the home runs wow. plus stolen bases probably will still be there. I mean, he could easily go 30 and 15 or something like that. All right. 
It, I, right, I don't like him. He, he, out, he outperforms Mookie Betts in three categories. Well, 30-15 in the fifth round is fine, then, if you think yeah. he's going to do that. Yeah, I, I think he could. I don't, <laughs> I'm not saying he will. I, I think he could. I'm, I'm definitely – like, it also wouldn't surprise me if he's 22 and 12 and playing, spa- like, sparingly in the second half because he's been so bad. But the thing he's got going for him, and it's kind of – like we've talked about with Buxton before, is he can still get counting stats because he's such a good defender. Yeah, that's why I like him there. I wasn't a fan just because that strikeout rate did scare me, but um, I think in the fifth round, we can come back to it. We'll still go back, Justin. Really? See, the thing I th- I worry about is him going 220 with a 280 OBP, and all of a sudden he's hitting eighth on that team. Yeah. Real quick, do you guys think – is it nerve-wracking to, to you at all – to see Emmanuel Classe in round five, like, are you? Uh, I, would you be comfortable making that pick? No, I, I really, I was gonna when I was talking about closers. I think my strategy of two pocket aces, I was just because it fell into me. I really wanted a closer, and I wanted a top four or five. And I think the ones I really just wanted were, you know, Hendricks Hater, and then um, I think up to Edwin Diaz. I kind of like Edwin Diaz's price this year. And um, so it's Iglesias, Edwin Diaz, and Hader Hendricks. I'm not taking – I'm a little nervous about, um, you know, uh, the yeah, the Chapman I – mean, the Class A Presley. Man, I tell you, I love Class A too. But it's just – it's one of those things. This goes back to last year when James Karinchak was going around this spot, and I didn't know if he was the closer. Turns out Emmanuel Class A was going in round 25 – and ended up being the closer, and now they've flipped. And I just, I just can see a world where spring training rolls around, and Karinchek is better than Emmanuel Classe, and all of a sudden he's the closer, and you're taking a setup man in round five. I'm not predicting it. I, I know Classe is probably the guy right now, but I don't feel like it's as locked in as all these other relievers around it. I'm gonna spin it just, this. It I'm just gonna, makes me nervous. I'm I, gonna make a case for both sides here. Um, Karinchek was so bad he was end, ended up optioned, and maybe he gets fixed. But also, I think the difference between Klasse and Karinchek right now is bigger than it was Karinchek over Klasse a year ago. Like I, so that's the argument you can make for Klasse is he's more locked into that role. And I took Karinchak in the eighth round in this draft a year ago. But what I made sure I did was draft Karinch or Klasse in like the 26th round or something like that to, to get to what I felt like I shored up saves on that team. Yeah. I'd, the negative is I don't know if Karinchak would be the guy getting saves if Klasse struggles because Karinchak was so terrible after that great first couple months. And maybe – he was another guy where the parole change or maybe an injury happened, and I, I don't know if he would be the next guy up for saves to where you, it's harder to shore that up if Class A struggles. Yeah, maybe not. I just I feel like when I'm taking a closer in this spot, I have to know. There's yeah. no – like I don't want a guy that if he has a couple rough outings is going to be – you know, I, I feel like two or three rough outings and it would already be like, oh, it might be somebody else. And I don't feel like that with Liam Hendricks, Josh Hader, Rysel Iglesias, Aroldis Chapman, Kenley Jansen, Edwin Diaz. I don't feel like that with any of them. I feel that um, way with Iglesias, but I agree with you on on. Wait a minute, you were saying yeah, Iglesias. Yeah, I don't. 
I, I feel like Iglesias is locked in. I, I, oh, I'm sorry. Okay, uh, I thought you were saying he. Never mind. Never mind. No, okay. yeah, I'm saying those guys. I, I, I'm not as nervous about it. And when I say nervous about it, I'm just making the point that like you're you're spending a round five pick. This guy has to close all year. Yeah. I mean, if he doesn't, then it's just not a good pick. Yeah, I'm probably. Not I don't know. I just I just wonder about it. Is all. I, I'm not saying he can't. I mean, he's electric, super fun to watch, and I hope he succeeds. It's just. In the back of my head, like, could that flip back? And I, I don't know. I could see it. So, all right, we can move on to, I think, I think we can move on here to round six through 10. So I'll kind of just go in chunks here. Um, I'll start with Chris. So Chris in round six through 10 took Javi Baez, Chris Bryant, Ryan Mountcastle, Luis Severino, and Nelson Cruz. Um, want to discuss one or two of these or kind of uh kind of your yeah, strategy gonna, through, strategy through these rounds what you were thinking stuff like that yeah i'm gonna th- the focus more on strategy i guess and it's something i don't i think a lot about in drafting holds i'm only one I, I don't know if you guys think about it but how many hitters and pitchers i want to take and to be honest with you i only want to take 24 25 hitters at the most i really want to just and so in the beginning these early rounds i'm just focusing on hitters that are going to play every day so these guys, you know, Baez, Bryant, and Montcastle are going to have at-bats every day. And Nelson Cruz is just an upside play. He's always a value. He always overperforms his expectations. And hopefully the DH comes to the, nas- uh, to the National League. Some more job opportunities for him. And the guy wants to play to he's 45. So um, he just wants to keep swinging the bat. So it's all about um, at-bats for me. And it's all about um, another thing, with because I'm only going to take 24, 25 hitters at the most. I want some position flexibility. And if you notice, Javi Baez, second and short, Chris Bryant, third and outfield, and Mountcastle, first and outfield. It gives me the flexibility that when these later rounds, and I'm only going to take pitching, that I have some flexibility to fill these positions with this position flexibility here. So I really focused on that. Nice. Yeah, that's that's good to focus on. I mean, I've kind of felt like that too. And I, I, I try to still take guys that I – want or that I feel like are good picks, but yeah, it's good to, it's good to integrate um, some of that. Justin, uh, round six through 10, Kenley Jansen, Charlie Morton as your first starting pitcher, Tyler, Ma- Tyler Molly, uh, Max Muncie and Chris Taylor thoughts on these picks. Did you get sniped Who Did you want, or was you kind of getting your guys here? How, how was this a uh, few rounds for you? I don't really think I got sniped much at this point. Um, I already talked about a desire to get saves and how they're hard to get early uh, early in the offseason. The prices on them go up with so many situations up in the air. I took Kinley here in the sixth, and I want to turn this question around to you. I mean, this guy, we were just talking about Klasse and not knowing his role. Kinley Jansen doesn't even have a team right now, let alone a role. Would you be willing to take him in the sixth round no, with with those uncertainties? Yes. Chris? Yeah, I think it's fine where, you know, where you're getting them at. Um, it definitely concern, um, but I think it's a good price where you got him. Yeah. yeah I, he's kind of the last I, closer. I don't, I don't know if I would have done him if I already had a roll this. I, I probably wouldn't have actually, but just Kenley in the sixth, like period, I think it's fine because he's one of those very, very few guys that I feel like when he goes to a team – He's the closer. Yeah, there are a few and teams. He's there done. are very, very few guys that I would say that about, but he's one of them. Okay. 
Um, I'm going to talk about the starting pitchers in a, uh, later as Morton and Maley tie in with my starting pitching strategy. So I'll bring up Muncie, who has elbow woes, oh, elbow woes right now, partially torn UCL. Oh man, make make me feel good here because I just took I took him in my draft and I Yeah, you took him uh, later though. Yeah, I took him later. Um I like him at this discounted price. There's risk he chooses to have Tommy John at some point if he doesn't heal. But I don't expect the season to start on time and I expect the DH to be there in the NL when it does begin. And if I'm correct on both of those, it's good that both of those are really good for Muncie's chances of playing. If he can't throw, but he can swing, maybe the Dodgers just DH him all year. And multi-position eligibility, kind of like Winder was saying, I didn't have enough of that last offseason. And I, I, with Whit Merrifield, second base outfield eligible, and then with Muncie, first base, second base eligible, I've got, I've got some flexibility. And then right after that, I took Chris Taylor, second base shortstop outfield, which I'll talk more about Taylor down the road. I honestly don't love that pick as much now. I was really thinking he was going to go to another team, and I i don't know. I was wondering if he might have one of those really good breakouts on another team where he's playing, like, de facto definitely playing every day. And he still plays a lot in L.A., but I don't love it as much as I did. Gotcha. Yeah, I thought, um, oh, man, Muncie is just, he's such a wild card because now he's going to drop, like, a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, I... The, my draft, I got him in round 14, and I had been looking at him for a few rounds and just kept passing, finding other guys. And I, I mean, he's he's really good, but it's, I mean, it's pretty big injury. So we'll see. Hopefully, like you said, I mean, if the st- season doesn't start on time, and even if it does, it's still months away. I mean, it's, yes, there's a lot of time. So we'll see. But um, what do you think of Muncie there, Chris? Are you in or are you out? Would you take him maybe later or you what do you think? Yeah, I was concerned. I was someone I was looking at, but just the touring UCL UCL um concerns me. Um I yeah. was out at that time. I think like you're saying, just get him a little bit later and that price is gonna just keep falling. But he he hits the ball. He know he can hit the ball um and it's a good lineup. So and the position flexibility like Justin mentioned, I think it's a little bit early. Like Justin probably saying he probably waited a little bit longer, but I think it's fine. What's crazy is I felt like he'd been sitting out there for a while at that point. Like yeah. Whenever it well, got, it's because before the injury, he would be going higher than yeah, that fifth, sixth round. Yeah. yeah. Um, any thoughts on any of these other picks in this range? I mean, anything that you liked or got sniped on or anybody that you wanted that you didn't get stuff like that. Either one of you. You got something, Chris, I'll let you start. Bobby Wood no, Jr. Bobby Wood no. Jr. in round eight. No. In or out? <laughs> no. No. I don't even. I'm, I'm I don't. In. You're in. I he's think going, so. Round he's going higher. Like he's going higher than that. You know, I saw today yeah. his min pick. The earliest he's gone in any NFBC is thirty six. Oh, so geez. round th- round three. And actually, his his max his max is uh, one twenty three. So that's early round nine. That was that was my draft, my wow. first draft. He went in early round nine. So here it was early yeah, round eight. Yeah, I don't mind it. I think just the power speed and I I yeah. If he's up, he's up. And we can talk. We're going to touch about prospects later. But he's someone with the high upside that I'm willing to gamble on at that price. 
I wouldn't take a prospect in the first, you know, four or five rounds, but I think that's a good price where he got him. Yeah. Yeah. Me, I, I mean, he's a guy who has not struck out much throughout his minor league career, but it's still, I mean, it's still not like insanely low numbers. I just don't know if this guy's going to come up and like, we don't know when he's going to be up. And then I don't know when, when he does come up, how he's going to hit. I just I have enough questions on his ability to hit on day one also. And I that way with most prospects in general these days. I do believe he's going to be a star. I just don't know when that's going to happen. So, yeah, it's it's not for me. I get it cuz he could be a league winner type player, but I'm just not going to be the one taking the chance yeah. especially when I don't know when. I tell you, everybody it's so easy to forget this and this includes myself when I say this. But everybody thought Jared Kelnick was going to come into this league and hit from day one. And you saw exactly what happened. He didn't do it. So and he had it's, to hit it's easy. It's easy right now because the shine is still there to be like Bobby Wood Jr. is going to come in and wreck this league. But it just it isn't easy. You know, it's just. Um, yeah, it's not for me. I, I'm not going to own any Bobby Witt, but I also know that it could pay off. I mean, I'm not going to say that he can't explode all the way up to the top. I mean, he definitely can, but I just feel like in the range of picks that he's going and the players that are on the board, at least, especially in a draft and hold, I'm just, I'm just not going to do it. So. Okay. I'll, I'll mention a couple picks that stood out to me. I really liked Max Freed as six round pitcher. He isn't an elite ace, but solid pitcher. I've, like him. Uh, I found it very interesting that Cody Bellinger and Yelich went back to back in round seven. I'd be more likely to take Bellinger there than Yelich, but I just, those two were the first second round guys last year that fell and had the horrible years last year. And I, I just found it really interesting to see them go back to back. I dug Mike Cangiano's pick of JD Martinez in round seven. He's outfield eligible now and Always been a real good hitter. I I thought I really liked that price. Cando uh, taking Indian round seven was nice. Andrew, I liked you getting uh, Giancarlo Stanton in round eight, also outfield eligible. And Chris, I love Winder. Or I love Chris. I love Winder. And <laughs> no, Chris, I love Nelson Cruz in round ten. Like you were talking, I do love that pick. And I like Evan James getting Clevenger in round 10, too. That could pay off. He's a year and a half removed from Tommy John's surgery. So oh, those I, were a couple I, picks I wrote down I liked. I wanted Pablo Lopez on that turn. I'm pretty sure that was a snipe. I, I really like mm-hmm. him. It's like a, I really like Pablo Lopez as like a guy you can draft as a SP2 or SP3 that could be an SP1. I just yep. think it's all there. I mean, he needs to stay healthy, but I, I just think he's really good. So definitely, definitely like that. I guess the pick that I kind of regret was uh, Will Smith, the pitcher, the reliever. I said Chris Bryant ahead of him. I think go, looking back, I probably want to sure up a closer. And Will Smith, like you get the last out in the world. Like he's going to be the closer for Atlanta. They have a bunch of lefty relievers. He's the guy. So I think just to secure the saves on a good team, I think that would have been a little bit um, a better pick for my <laughs> roster construction. I don't think Andrew's going to agree with you there. Andrew, you didn't like Will Smith. In yeah. Seven, right? He just <laughs> – He's just another one of those guys. I, for whatever reason, he. Keep, I'll, I'll admit this though. He keeps proving me wrong. I mean, they keep 
giving him the ball in the ninth and he keeps doing it. I guess I just keep seeing them switching it up and him not getting the ball in the ninth. I don't know. I, I don't I feel like there's guys in his pen that are just as good or better than him. So um, and that's if they don't but, add it that's if they don't add anybody else. So Yeah. Well, but I think question. they like to use those guys more like to get outs like Matzik. They like right. him. Yeah, I'm not I'm role. not disagreeing yeah. necessarily. I just yeah. I always feel like in those spots that it can flip um when you're not as good I mean it potentially can you know and like I said if I'm taking a closer this high I don't want any reservations there's good hitters there's good starters if I think that you might not pitch the ninth I don't want to draft you here like that's just me so that's kind of how I feel about it all right so you're on the clock right there who are you're on you're on the clock and you got to choose between these two who are you taking Will Smith or Will Smith (laughs) I would take the catcher. No, no, no. Yeah. You're not supposed to answer that. You're just supposed to say, I'll take Will Smith. And oh, Will Smith, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Carry on. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're going to take – we'll take a quick break and come back with uh, rounds 11 and beyond. Well, instead of kicking back off, we're going to cut this off right here as Andrew, Chris, and I went another hour in the second half, and we're going to split this up, and the second part of this podcast will be up on Monday. So you can check out that, hear Andrew and I and Chris talk about our picks in the mid-rounds, the late rounds, a lot of just overall strategy at the end on the next episode. Hope you enjoyed this one. We'll talk to you again Monday. Take care, everybody. Thanks again for listening to the Baseball 365 podcast with Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Be sure to check the show notes for all the details on today's episode, along with quick links to Facebook and Twitter. If you have a question, a comment, or a suggestion, we would love to hear from you. You can find us at the Baseball 365 Facebook group or send an email to us, baseball365pod at gmail.com. And if you like the show, take a moment, rate us on iTunes. And once again, please join the Baseball 365 community on Facebook. That's where baseball lives 365 days a year. 